Hey, Marie, how's it going? Going good. How are you? I am uh, doing good. I'm kind of uh, right. I think I keep talking about it, like every week. I feel it's closer and closer and closer. I'm like super close right now. I'm I just got three boxes full of my books. And so I'm going to be like packaging those up to mail out. I think last week we talked about kind of like different influencers and like people I know online. So I'm going to be mailing out a whole bunch of books this week. Uh, so it's very exciting. The release date is just like a couple of weeks away, mm -hmm. coming down real fast. Physical mailing out is tough. Like <laughs> I haven't mailed out books, but we sometimes mail out swag and we haven't done it in a while because it is very time consuming. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, as an individual trying to package stuff, it's not like we're a factory, like we're hand packaging <laughs> everything. It takes a while, like, and then handwriting notes and getting mm -hmm. the addresses right and figuring out like how much it costs to mail this thing. Like we have to weigh <laughs> stuff and it's all this administrative stuff like I really struggle with, but um, it does take time, like the physical stuff and paper cuts, you know, all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be fun doing all that tonight. So I'm doing like most, I think probably like two thirds of the books I'm mailing out are in the US. And so, which mm -hmm. makes it easier because we just have like a bunch of bubble envelopes that we're going to be oh, yeah, stuffing cool. tonight. And then, so like the book and then like a little little handwritten card. I think my wife's going to be mostly doing the stuffing and addressing, and then I'll be like writing all these little cards. Yeah. But then there's a bunch of international ones too. And we're, for those, I think I'm just going to ship those directly from the printer. What about the handwritten Just because it's like then? so soon. I know I won't, I won't be able to do it with okay. the handwritten card. So it's just something, because I looked into it a little bit and the, the postage is just like, so crazy like to get it shipped because then i have mm -hmm. to pay for shipping to get it here which i guess i've done to have them printed but then yeah exactly and then i gotta ship it out and then shipping international like it can be crazy it can cost like oh, 30 dollars yeah. to ship some places it might not have been on air but like i think i mentioned a while back i was trying to order this book and the price of the shipping was more than the book because it was it wasn't like a mass-produced book it would have been from the author direct, I think, or she might have had to ship it twice like you. But I was like, oh, I can't really justify it because it's like, right. yeah, it was like 30 bucks or something more. And the book might have been 25 or something. Can't remember, but it was, it was like a really weird balance. And I'm like, oh, that's so weird. I'm paying more for shipping than the actual product. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard living internationally. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's that is one nice thing. Like being in the US that like I said, that's most like probably two thirds of the people are in the US and that's pretty affordable to mail to them. But yeah, cool. As for like the handwritten car, I haven't totally decided yet. Like I was like, should I write it and then like send in a photo or is that lame? Like, I don't know. I think I'm probably just going to like type a message to them and make it really personal. So it's not like a copy paste. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's very much a lot of this where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out and do the best <laughs> I can. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it does. It does well. But yeah, I feel like that's. <laughs> Basically, like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just winging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, but that's what makes it interesting, especially doing like your own business. It's, I feel like I do learn stuff every day and every day is a little bit different. Like you're kind of like, oh, this problem came up. How do I solve it? Mm -hmm. Pretty much every day. It's like oh, problems, problems, problems. But I guess they're kind of good problems because you know that when you solve it, it directly impacts you. Right. Like sometimes when you solve a problem and you're working for a much larger company, you're like, well, I don't know, I guess we'll solve that tiny little thing and you don't see the direct impact. But when it's your own business, you're like, I just solved that and now I won't have that headache again. 
Yes, that, that, that is a great feeling. That always feels awesome when you figure it out. Like this whole like book process, there's been a lot of that where it's just like, how do I do this? I don't know, I gotta figure it out. And I might fall on my face while trying to figure it out, but then I'll know and I'll be kind of on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, there's so many like things I've got I would, I'm like, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And <laughs> right. some of them are like costly financially too, right? Like you get a fine or um, a penalty and you're like, oh my God, that wasn't worth it. I should have just submitted it on that date and I would have had that fine. <laughs> right. like, uh-huh. You know, that kind of thing. Awesome. Well, I think we were going to talk about this second, but I think it fits in the topic. So I'll sure. just say with the book, I kind of made a mistake to start off the week, which was not ideal. I think I've talked about this before, but just like a basic setup of how I'm doing the book. So through Amazon KDP, which is like their their program for like doing books, they have two versions where you can do like the ebook, which sells through Amazon, you know, for Kindle, and then the paperback. And so for the ebook, you can set it up for pre-orders, which I've done, but the paperback, they do not do pre-order prints. Like that's just, for whatever reason, their own service doesn't do pre-orders for paperbacks. Um, unless you're like, I think there's like a few exclusive like big time publishers that have some specific deal or whatever. But in general, you can't do pre-orders through Amazon for paperback. But I'm also using Ingram Spark, which is like my secondary printer. And that's like, if you order the book through like Barnes and Noble or some like local bookstore or like mm-hmm. Walmart or something like that, that will come from Ingram Spark. And they also list on Amazon. So for a while, (laughs) I'll get to why this isn't the case now, but for a while you were able to pre-order my book on Amazon, even though Amazon's KDP doesn't let you do paperback. It's kind of complicated. But anyway, so a thing happened where I was trying to update the description on my book real quick. And I have to update it in two different places because the ebook and the paperback are two different ISBNs. And so I have to go to two different places in Amazon's KDP site to update that. But they look identical. I just have to go to the individual books and do it. So I went to the Kindle version, made the changes, hit the big old yellow save button, good to go. Like those will propagate, the thing will update and good to Mm -hmm. go. So then I copy that description, carry it over and paste it into the paperback, which is like my draft that's ready to go when the book comes out since they don't do pre-orders. And then I go down and I hit the big old yellow save button, except what I didn't realize, I didn't realize until literally like the second after I clicked the button is that isn't a big old yellow save button. That's a big old yellow publish button, (laughs) which means your book now goes into review and instantly gets published for people to buy, which is not great when my my release date is not for like two and a half weeks or like it'll be like two weeks when this episode comes out. So I panicked and, you know, it instantly says like in review. And so I was like, maybe I can like contact them and like get it fixed before it gets out of review. Like I obviously don't want it live on the site early. Um, So I contacted them like support immediately with like within like a minute of having clicked the wrong button, like frantically searching what can I do? And the long and short is like nothing. There's nothing you can do. (laughs) It's too late. It's gonna sit in review for a few hours and then it's gonna go live. And then once it goes live, you can unpublish it but there's going to be some ramifications. There's and a trigger event happen for the, yeah. Yes, exactly. So what I what ended up happening is I found out that I think all of my paperback pre-orders got like the books, if <laughs> they don't have it already, they got shipped. Like anyone that 
pre-ordered on Amazon, it got shipped. And then there's a few people that also ordered during the window before I noticed that it had been approved and then I mm -hmm. unpublished it. Yep. And then, so that was like the first like, well, that's kind of a bummer. It's not the worst thing in the world, but no. like a bunch of people are getting it early, which, you know, yay for them, but it, it just kind of complicates things. But the other issue is now, because it because it went live on the site and then I unpublished it, that means that Ingram Spark isn't showing up on Amazon either anymore. So now you cannot pre-order the paperback at all oh, on Amazon. Man. So it's like huge bummer. And I'm part of me hopes that like maybe that'll update. There's like some random things where it's just like a few days go by and then things updated somehow. But as far as I can tell, it looks like I'm not gonna be able to have pre-orders for the paperback through Amazon anymore which is kind of a bummer. And it's also kind of complicated oh, wait, at things. All? At all? Never. At all for the paperback. Oh no. You know, once the release date comes, then I can, I'll publish the book and everything will be fine. But for the two weeks leading up to it, like pre-orders for paperbacks on Amazon, oh, I think no. is over. I just can't That's get back that. Oh, it's the worst. So a couple things I well, want to say about it. you could just publish it again. You could just publish it now. Yeah, but then, but I don't want to publish it now because I want to have a launch week. Like that's, okay, that's yeah, part yeah, of the problem. And plus it, and this might be already ruined anyway, but also when you publish, you have like a window of when you can get like number one new seller or like, oh, or so whatever the label push. is. You want a big Yeah. So I want there to be yeah. that push that week. Oh, no. Anyway. So there's a couple things. Well, one, so like a friend of mine got her copy early and you know, she's got like a bunch of followers on Instagram and she's like, hey, should I post about it now or should I wait two weeks and then post about it? And so now I have this like weird dilemma of like, I don't know, because do I want like if you talk about it now and you're like sharing a picture of you holding the book, people are going to want to pre-order the paperback, but then they can't pre-order the paperback. Oh, so I have no. this like weird dilemma. But then the other thing is if I say no, wait until the launch week. And then she forgets on the launch week. I'm like, well, I would have rather you did it the wrong week than never do it at all. So I'm kind of trying to balance that right now. I mean, if she does do it now and people try and pre-order and they can't, like maybe it will create some demand like as well, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not the worst. And so I think part, maybe this is just like having ADHD. I was kind of like, I knew something was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the most catastrophic. And so it was thing, almost yeah. like, well, hey, of all the things that could go wrong, this is not the worst. I read some horror stories of other people that accidentally mm -hmm. published early and they had like dummy files uploaded because you yeah. have to upload like your your EPUB files to be able to like set up the draft. And some people like accidentally hit the publish button like months early. And so people got shipped out books that were blank, that there was just literally nothing inside. That's Because the second yeah. you publish it, anybody that pre-ordered before that gets shipped the book. Mm -hmm. So luckily for me, I had my final files up there. So it's not the end of the world. People that got the book are getting the real book. I don't have this like nightmare situation of people having to try to return it or anything like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But one thing I wanted to say, like, I think it was, it would have been really easy for me to totally freak out and be really down about it. Cause like, it, it's not, like, I'm probably going to lose some amount of sales. Like maybe it's not going to be significant, but there's going to be some people that are going to look now and be like, Oh, I can't get the paperback and then never remember to ever come back again. Sure. And that's yep. just sort of like the reality. And so that is a bummer. But like, there's so many other things that could have been much worse than this. Like, this is not, like I said, it didn't send out blank files <laughs> or blank books. And it didn't really cause any other issues other than it's only like paperback on Amazon you can't get right now. And once I hit 
the publish date, it's like, well, now everything's fine. Right now, I'm a little bit bummed about it, but like once I hit the like launch date, then it's like, well, I'm not even gonna think about this anymore. It's like, who cares? Yeah, That's gonna be yeah. ancient history. So I kind of leaned into that a lot with my newsletter this week. So I was like, I don't wanna just be like sad about it. So I was kind of trying to appreciate the fact that I could say, hey, I now have my first official sale of the book. Yep. People have now bought the book and got the physical copy. And that is pretty awesome. Not the way you planned, but you still <laughs> Not the have way your I planned. first sale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of talked about that a lot in my newsletter. And I actually got a lot of people that responded and said things like, this makes me want the book more because it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. The imperfect nature of it makes it more relatable. And so there's a lot of like appreciation of that. I think that there's a lot of that, like when something goes not as you want or not as you expect it, it's it, you kind of want to recoil or like hide it. Like you're scared of this thing. And I think like leaning into it most of the time is really just going to be so much better for it. Like it sucks that it happens. You can mourn the mm -hmm. fact that I didn't want this to happen and it happened, but like, I can't change that. So being sad or beating myself up about it, it's like, that's not going to fix anything. And so like trying for me, just like kind of trying to lean into it has been effective. And it kind of, we talked about this, I think it was earlier this year, you had the Llama Life post where you had the typo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We were creating like templates for people to use. And one of the templates was like for grocery shopping. Like how do you make a list to approach like your grocery shopping and it was like um always check your pantry <laughs> yeah yeah the first step was like you know this was really about like splitting down tasks like really breaking down a task like how do you do like grocery shopping okay well the first thing you need to do is check your pantry to check you know to see what are you missing what do you need to right. what do you need to buy right and make a list and we said check your panty like we <laughs> we missed the r in pantry and we didn't even know, like somebody actually messaged us and they said, oh, I can't remember what they said. They just had a screenshot and they were like, ha 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 or something. Or like, I can't remember what they said. It was like a screenshot with a comment mm -hmm. and we're like, yeah, that's the first step, you know? <laughs> and then like eight hours later, I, I went back and I looked oh at their message and I was like, what was that person trying to say? And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it says panty. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we just leaned into that as well. And we just put, put it on. We actually went, made it bigger. We put it on Twitter. Right, right. And people were just laughing about it and we were laughing about it. And Yeah, like, like that feels like something that would be totally easily be just like mortified by and like, oh my gosh, we got to change it, delete it. I hope nobody saw it. But instead you really leaned into it and the community kind of like, they laughed at it and like engaged with the yeah, tweet yeah, yeah. and it kind of became like a positive thing yeah, yeah. because of but that. Yeah. It's also because we were laughing at it. Like they were laughing with us, <laughs> not at us or. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so much about how you respond. Like if we had responded like, oh my God, this is some big catastrophic thing. But we were just like, oh, whatever. It's pretty funny. Like <laughs> no one got hurt. Nothing happened. You know, nothing happened. It's not going to, it's just kind of a funny mistake. And like that happens all the time. <laughs> like, right, right, know, right. I have typos in my stuff all the time. So, yeah, I must have just like missed the R or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Awesome. I like I like leaning into stuff like that, especially when, you know, no one got hurt. Like it's just, yeah, sure, like there's going to be some some consequences, but it's like, well, it can be salvaged. It's not the end of the world. Right, right. But getting yourself into that state, because we all know this, right? Like if you logically break down the thing and go, okay, well, 
yeah, this happened. I might lose a few sales. Not perfect. Wasn't as planned, but it's okay. Like we all know that. Like we can all think through logically that that's fine, right? Mm -hmm. The hard thing is actually like controlling your emotions around it because your brain can say, that's okay. It's all right. Not a big deal. But you could still feel like the emotional stress. Like that is really hard to control. Like the mental... Your, your mental state around like your and your emotional state is really hard to manage, I think. Right. Mm. It sounds like you lent into it, so that's good. And I think it helps also that for me, I'm not obviously I want the launch to be big. Like mm-hmm. I'm my hope is that the launch week is like huge and like like huge spike in sales and all that sort of stuff. But I'm definitely taking the long approach to it. Like I do have a short term goal, but mm-hmm. I'm more focused on a longer term goal, which is a two year goal. And so I feel like like the launch, if I have a really big launch, that'll help the two-year goal. But if I don't, like, well, I have two years to work on it to continue mm-hmm. to build towards that goal. And so I'm yeah. not so stressed about it that it's like the end of the world that like the numbers are going to be, you know, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think uh, overall, it's not the worst thing. And I'm just really excited that like people have my book down. I'm getting some, like I saw my first social media post, somebody posted Oh, which was uh, Substack Notes was actually, which is kind of funny, of all the social networks, the first place I saw a photo of my book in the wild was Substack Notes. Someone posted on there because uh, they had, they, they'd gotten their copy early. I think it was in like Scotland or something. So that's, that was my first <laughs> official photo of it in the wild, which is uh, kind of exciting. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of, like we were just talking about the, the check your pantry tweet, which is kind of breaking down tasks that kind of leads <laughs> nice into, segue. yeah, kind of leans in nicely to what you got going on with uh, Llama Life. <laughs> that was a nice, uh, yeah, that was a nice transition. <laughs> yeah. So we launched our break it down feature this week. And as the name suggests, it basically takes a task and this is using AI. I should say that we've been really reluctant to jump on the AI bandwagon like do mm-hmm. AI for AI's sake because, you know, everyone's just doing it and it's like, oh, well, does it make sense for our product? And we finally found a use case that we think makes sense. And on top of that, we had a lot of customers, like a lot, message us and say, can you add something like this? So it just made perfect sense to do it. Like we were, we were getting requests for it and it doesn't feel like just throwing in AI for the sake of it. So what it does is it takes a task Maybe the task is like get ready in the morning and you just put that into Llama Life. Then you hit a button that says break it down and we use AI to figure out like what are all the steps that it would take to get ready in the morning and we add a duration to each step like brush your teeth, five minutes, take a shower, 10 minutes, get changed, five minutes. Like, And then we tell people, okay, well, here's like five steps under get ready in the morning and it will probably take you like 30 minutes. And then they can add that to their llama life and start the timer and try and stay focused on each one thing at a time. So it really made sense. And you can use it for whatever, right? Like it could be, you know, write a blog and then we could break down all the steps that it might take to write a blog. Maybe it's like, you know, come up with an idea, research the topic, like write a rough draft. And like we put time against each one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we launched that this week and it's got a really good response so far. So it was just a... Uh, was it yesterday or day before? Day before, couple, two days ago. And we've just had a lot of really nice comments, like people just saying, this is so cool and like this makes sense for your product and it doesn't feel like you're just throwing AI in. Mm. We're not even marketing it as AI. Like we don't have AI anywhere on the website. It's more just like 
we will do this for you. It'll automatically do it like one click, a click right, of a button. Right. We're trying to stay focused on the, the problem, which is if you're feeling overwhelmed by a task, you don't even know like where to start. Like we can help you by breaking it down and give you a couple of suggestions. Like maybe the first step is just like five minutes. Like you just need to do this little step. So for us, it's trying to solve this problem of people being overwhelmed and not being able to start. And that's kind of where we're focusing like all the attention on and not the AI. The AI yeah. is just behind the scenes. Like who cares like how it works? Like it's more about what problem is it solving for you? And it's been a really fun one because the way we're choosing to market it is to really <laughs> lean in, I guess, a bit into this whole <laughs> dance theme. Like, you know, the, the, the words break it down obviously describe the feature itself, like it's breaking down a task, but break it down in, in like the dance world is like, you know, break it down. Like you sort of launch into like a dance, right? Like it's a common <laughs> phrase in, um, in the dancing world. We decided we're just going to make it a dancing theme and we even have like a dancing man emoji for the feature, like next to the feature and all the social media content we're making around it has just got like a dancing theme (laughs) and we're going for like discos, 80s, 90s kind of thing. And it's been really easy to create content because we have this theme. Having a good theme like that makes a huge difference. Just having, having something to sort of like grab onto that you can like give, you know, it's almost like. I remember when I was younger and like any sort of like create, like writing a paper about something or whatever, like you think, especially when you're younger, you think you want freedom Mm -hmm. and what you really want is clear, good constraints. And that's like creativity thrives with having some constraints uh, to kind of grasp onto, to help you focus in on something. So I think like having like a good theme like that is, is a great constraint to help foster that creativity. I love this idea of constraints. Like I've talked about this in the past, maybe not on this pod, but having like a positive constraint, because constraint in itself feels like a negative word. Right. If you think about a constraint in a positive context, so a positive constraint, even Llama Life itself, like the whole product is about positive constraints. Like you have a task to do, you put a constraint on it, which is you have 10 minutes to do this task. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you totally. Kind of, yeah. You kind of go, well, I've got, I've got 10 minutes. So you can use that as a way to like beat the clock, right? You, you set a little challenge for yourself. I can only spend this much time on it. That's my constraint. And then I'm going to stop or move on or decide, do I want to spend more time on it? But the point is after 10 minutes, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole concept of time boxing as well Is like, it's a constraint that you put on yourself to time box. Like, assign like a period of time to that to do it. So I love positive constraints and there's many different forms it can take, but I feel like the whole essence of Llama Life is about positive constraints. <laughs> right. If you have a constraint around like a marketing theme or a topic, like this is what you need to work within. You can be creative, but it has to be within this theme of dancing. You know exactly where the borders are like where you can't cross, like you don't want to go outside of that. So you work within it and it makes it so much easier because it kind of limits it a bit, not to the point where it's suffocating, but it just limits, like you don't go crazy with like things that aren't as relevant. It's got to be within this. Like here are the rules, here are the guidelines, make Mm -hmm. something that fits this and everybody knows what the rules are and it's clear and then you just go for it. Yeah, yeah. There's a few things I wanted to say. When I joined up for the Ship 30 for 30, which is like a writing competition where you're supposed to write, uh, what do they call it, an atomic essay, which is like basically like 500-ish words, little mini essay, and you're supposed to write it every single day for 30 days. Like that's the challenge. 
when I started that, the very first day, like I think it took me like three hours to write. It took so long. And then at some point I was like, I just need to set a timer. Like I cannot spend three hours every single night. Like I'm gonna mm -hmm. fail this challenge if I'm just spending three hours writing every single night. So I started by setting like an hour timer and then I made it shorter and shorter and shorter to where, you know, a few weeks in or whatever, I was writing them in like 20, 30 minutes mm -hmm. because I was setting that constraint. I was like, I have to fit it in this time. So, and there's, there's the, there's a law. I can't remember who, do you remember that there's a law of like, Parkinson's is it Parkinson's law? law? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the time it takes to do the task will expand based on the time you give it. So right. if you say I've got three hours to write this essay, you know, you'll probably procrastinate a bit and fill the three hours. But if you say you've got less, you'll probably still get it done, but in a shorter time. Right. And also your ship 30 for 30 example has another constraint, which is the fact that it's atomic and mm -hmm. it's not meant to be a long essay. Right. You have yeah. to fit into like a certain number of words or whatever, or onto a page. And they also give you a template, like a, they all look the same, right? Like I'm guessing they give you some kind of template to do I it. I think in. they've changed it some now, but like okay, I, okay. they had some sort of a template. Like I was really early when like I did it. Like a visual template, have, I mean. Yes. Yeah. So I ended up creating like a Figma file. And so I used that. Right. And then, yeah, that was like a great constraint. It was like, whatever I write has to fit within this. I still use that today. It's like for my newsletter, I set like a 20 minute timer mm -hmm. and I write the whole thing in 20 minutes. Sometimes I do hit the end and I'm like, I want to give this more time. Like, I don't feel like I hit it. And so I'll do a second 20 minute timer. Yep. But okay. kind of like what yeah. you said, I have like that check-in point. Like I don't have just like unlimited time to do it. I have a set like amount of time, that constraint and the goal. Yeah, it really kind of works together. I did want to say we're kind of hitting our 30 minute thing, but I wanted to- Our constraint. <laughs> yeah, our constraint. constraint, exactly. Yeah, that's so, that's so perfect. I wanted to mention, cause you were talking about how with the AI, how you aren't like making it a big AI push. Like you're using AI behind the scenes. One of the things I think that's awesome about how you've done it is you've actually used AI already in Llama mm -hmm. Life, but again, you've used it in a way that it doesn't even feel like AI. It's just sort of like you've used this tool behind the scenes and it's for the like the emoji picker, like the, I forget mm -hmm. what you call it, the emoji eyes or something. Uh, we call it emoji me, like here's oh, your, emoji here's your yeah, list, yeah. like yeah, hit emoji me and then it's gonna, right, it'll, it'll right. basically pick a relevant emoji for every single task that you have in the list. Yeah, and I love that because I think it's such a great way of like, you sort of like found a way to use it without it being like, hey, here's a big AI push. Like you're not doing that, but then you're learning like how, what's it like to interact with this? Like, is this usable? And then because you kind of used it already, like when you wanted to do this other task, you're halfway there already. Cause you already know what it's like to interact with the API. Oh yeah. Stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And I think that's something that I always try to do too. Like if there's something I'm interested in, trying to find kind of that small experiment just to get used to like trying it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just kind of love the way you've kind of approached that with Llama Life. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And the API, um, it's actually quite simple to work with. I would say in terms of the AI part, I probably spent about like 5% of my time hooking up the AI and like experimenting with it. Because you do have to experiment quite a bit to get the, the right results back. If you don't, it can be like crazy off and it did take a little bit to get that, but it was probably like 5% of my time. Right. The other 95 was... um the UI and like also just like how does this fit within Llama Life like the flow like a user might go through when do they want to use this product like when do they want to use the feature how does it look mm -hmm. how many things should it give us back because it could be like 20 
but we want to keep it short. And then do we let the user edit those suggestions or do we just say, hey, just run it again? Like if you don't get what you want, just run it again. Right. Like where do they edit it? Should they just be editing it in the main Llama Life or are we now going to create like another section where you get these suggestions and you edit it there? Like we wanted to keep the flow, like constrain the flow mm -hmm. as well. Like this is the way you use it. You can only edit in the main task manager. We don't want you to edit in the AI bit. And then we're like, okay, well, where do we where do we draw the line? Like what does this feature do? How much should it do? And that takes like a lot of time. And we tried a few different ways and we're like, oh, it feels like too much. Then the user has to decide like, where they're going to edit it, like at least they know now, like you can only edit it in the main list. This is really just like suggestions. If you don't like it, you can cross them out, but you can't really edit them. You can just say, I don't want that one. Maybe getting ready in the morning, one step is like put makeup on. And maybe if you don't wear makeup, you can just go, I don't want to do that step. So you can remove it, but you can't edit it. It's like a really fine line. And we're like, we want this feature to be useful, but at the same time, like how much can you do here? Because... The focus is not really editing that to the nth degree. The focus is like, get back to your main list, like what you're supposed to be doing <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and mm -hmm. do it. So yeah, there was a lot of the decisions like took a while to figure out what it was going to be and then how it was going to look and feel. And it makes so much difference. Like we added some small animations and stuff. Like it feels so much nicer when it, and it basically animates in one at a time when you get the list back versus all at once, because all at once felt like, oof, like a bit jarring and overwhelming. Yeah. But we yeah, kind yeah. of, our whole app is about doing one thing at a time. So we're like, yeah, let's just like animate them in one at a time. So you can process like, okay, it's this, 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 and this, and we want to keep that list short. So there was a lot of things like that that took most of the time, I would say, mm -hmm. which is always the way I think with our product is all about the experience part. But Mm. Yeah, I really like doing this one. It, it took longer than I thought it was going to take because of all this other stuff. But the AI part was pretty straightforward. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. The AI stuff's <laughs> fun to, to yeah, kind of work yeah, that's with. That's something I, I haven't played with. Like I use ChatGPT all the time, but I haven't mm. played with any of the API stuff. And that's something once my book launches and things maybe settle down a little bit and I'm able to get back to uh, some of my other side projects, that's definitely something I want to explore sort of uh, get to play with that a little bit cool all right awesome well we are we're at our constraint we're a little bit over it so <laughs> now is a probably a good time to wrap it up next week will actually be the last episode we record before my book comes out okay. i'm gonna be a mess because i'm gonna be so <laughs> stressed out about the final steps before uh the launch is your book gonna come out on episode 50 because we're on what, what episode's this we're we, close to 50 yeah, we are. This I believe this is forty-eight. So fifty. Oh, so yeah, episode will fifty will be when my book is out. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. That'll okay. be fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. I can't believe we're hitting fifty as well. I know. That's like yeah, we did roughly it roughly one a week, right? It's almost. But we skipped mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, so we've been doing this about a year now. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. over a year because we skipped a few weeks. That's crazy. That's a long. That's longer than I thought we would do it. I'm happy <laughs> right. we stuck with it. Like we've kind of kept each other accountable. Yeah. I, I'm glad we called it the weekly build because there is that added pressure of like we li it's literally called the weekly build. We have skipped a couple, like you said, but there's yeah, definitely yeah. a little extra pressure of like we can't just like not miss a bunch of weeks yeah, uh, or we can't we can't just miss a bunch build. of weeks. Yeah, it's not the biweekly build. It's not the monthly build. It's not the occasional the build. Ring. 
<laughs> Although right. the word, okay, we could talk about this more, but like bi-weekly or bi-monthly, I still don't get it. Like I don't know which well, way it goes. the problem is it means both. Because it, it, it could mean twice a week and it also could mean every could mean other two week. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, so we could it officially say, we could is say both. fortnightly, uh, but no one knows what that means. fortnightly build that just doesn't have a same <laughs> Awesome. All right, cool. All right, well, let's cool. end it there. Uh, we'll chat next week. See ya. Okay, see ya.